you by the blood of Jesus. Thank you. Speak to each one today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. If, I'm going to get a little funny here before we get into our message. And um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to page two, 1033 or John chapter 3. Well, I'm going to make a little comment on that here in just a little bit before we get into the message. But also have a, a little funny here. There were these two brothers. Uh, they were terrible troublemakers. They are always breaking things, stealing things, lying, and making all kinds of general trouble. The parents have tried everything to get the boys to change. To no avail, finally out of options, they ask the pastor if he can help. He says he will talk to the boys, but only one at a time. The parents drop off the youngest and go home, promising to learn, promising to return to get them soon. The boy sits in the chair across from the pastor's desk, and they just look at each other finally the pastor says where's God the boy just sits there and doesn't answer the pastor begins to look stern and loudly and says where's God the little boy shifts in his seat but still doesn't answer the pastor is starting to get angry at the boy's refusal to converse and particularly shouts where's God the pastor surprised. The little boy jumps up out of his chair, runs out of the office. The boy leaves the church and runs all the way home, up the stairs, into his brother's room, shuts the door and pants. We are in big trouble. God's missing and they think we took him. did okay with that <laughs> John chapter 3 there in uh, the fifth verse in your Bibles there. Let's read that. He's, Jesus talking to uh, Nicodemus. He says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I tell you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And so today, well, I want to finish out this uh, uh, message today. Um, the day of Pentecost, the promise of the Father. And so this is the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out. I want to just give a real quick little recap on the messages leading up to that as well. Uh, Jesus uh, had, had was risen from the dead. He, he had raised up uh, from the resurrection there. And he told his disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait on me. He said, go over there and wait. And uh, eight days later, Peter said, what? I'm going fishing. And uh, seven other disciples said, well, if you're going fishing, we're going with you. Because Jesus said, uh, upon the revelation that you have, that's the way he's going to build the church, you know. But here he goes. They go fishing, and and uh, they're out there fishing. And uh, Jesus is over there, and uh, he's cooking fish on the on, on the shore there with some charcoal and some fish and things there that he's having for breakfast. And he looks out to the to the boat there and the disciples, and he asks asks the disciples, you know, uh, hey kids, are you catching anything? And, uh, of course, they said, well, no, we're not. And he said, well, throw your net on the other side, and you'll have a catch for a draw. 
And uh, so they do that, and they're, they've got this great big huge catch. And during that catch, uh, Peter uh, and, and John are having this conversation. And John says to Peter, hey, Peter, it's the master. It's Jesus over there on the bank. He's cooking fish. And so Peter puts back on his clothes, and he jumps off the boat, and he swims to the shore. And he meets Jesus over there. Well, while he's swimming over there, the other disciples, they're bringing in the ship with this net full of fish there. And he looks at those uh, other disciples. He said, hey, bring me some of your fish. Peter jumps back on the boat, pulls the net himself, gathers up the fish, brings the fish over there. And, you know, and so he's just kind of wishy-washy all over the place. In Luke's account, they also told uh, the disciples there, he told the, uh, the 120, he said, you go into the upper room and you wait. Wait to do your witnessing. Wait to go and minister the gospel until you're clothed with power from on high. He said, then you go. And so they're out there waiting on, on the, for, the, for the outpouring of the Spirit there. And there's 120 of them there. And uh, all of a sudden, then, we come to Acts, the second chapter, in the fourth verse. And uh, here's what it says. It says, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so this is the event that Jesus was talking about. He was talking about this event. He said, Until you do this, until you are clothed, until the Spirit is poured out on that day of Pentecost, you're going to have a difficult time functioning. You're going to have a difficult time, uh, you know, living and doing the things that I ask you to do. And besides that, you're going to need the Holy Spirit to work with and cooperate with to get uh, the other people involved with what I'm what I want to do on the earth. So you're going to need my assistance. They're going to the other people that you minister to. They're going to need the assistance of the Holy Spirit too, right? And so they couldn't really preach the gospel and do those things till the Holy Spirit was poured out. And so I just want to make mention of that. And 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 one thing that that the enemy tries so hard to do. He tries so hard to make the, the, the person of the Holy Spirit, you know, something that's just off and blah, 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 or it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, uh, uh, that, that he just ordains and, you know, uh, gives authority to everything. But I've discovered, you know, and if, if that's the kind of doctrine that, that, that we hear and that we live by, then, you know, it's really not doctrinally correct. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus did while he was on the earth, he sent the Holy Spirit to do the exact same thing, only more. Because now we can be born again by the Spirit. We can be born again by the Holy Spirit. And that's what helps us to be regenerated. That's what this, He is the sanctifier then of our motives, of our heart, of our intentions, of our everything that God wants to accomplish on the earth. He wants to ordain that and be a part of that. Isn't that right? The Holy Spirit wants to help us out uh, with our everyday life. He wants to help us out with everything that we do. He wants to be uh, the, the author and the finisher of our faith. He wants to be that person that guides us, leads us, and directs us in everything. I can talk about my personal life in my B.C. days. I can talk about those. I was a good person. I, I, I did things that weren't too bad until all of a sudden one day I was headed down this road, you know, and I got born again. <laughs> I got born again. And up until that time, I can tell you that beyond the shadow of a doubt, 
that I did everything of, out of natural reasoning. I did everything from a natural standpoint. I didn't do anything that I know of that was uh, authorized or inspired or ordained by God. The Holy Spirit that I know of. I, I can't recall a time. I may, you know, I mean, that's possible I could have, but I was not conscious of that until I got born again and I got studying the Word and I got into the things of the Lord and I realized then there is a different realm. Yes. There's a different realm than the natural realm. <laughs> Isn't that right? There is a different realm uh, than this natural thing that we see. And that's what John was talking about there in chapter 3 to this uh, Pharisee, this teacher of the law that came in by night because he didn't want to see him by the rest of the gang. He seen Jesus. He, he knew Jesus was, uh, was the real thing. And so he came to him by night. He didn't want to be seen because he might get in trouble. He might be associated with the wrong group or the wrong crowd, you know. And he told Nicodemus, he said, hey, you can, uh, the Holy Spirit is like this. The wind blows wherever it wants. The wind does this and that. And you can see the effects of the wind. Trees sway and leaves move and grass moves. Uh, and the, uh, he said, the Holy Spirit is like that. You don't know where it comes from, but we know. We know it comes from God. He was making a, uh, you know, a parallel there. So, I, I, my experience with the Holy Spirit there is a different realm. And if we do everything by reason, if we do everything by the natural, this just simply works of the flesh and it's tough and it's a, you know. But if we'll yield to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to come in and realize that He is a person. And this is cool about the Holy Spirit. He's a twofold person. He lives within and He comes upon. Isn't that right? He lives within the believer. He lives there. And I can tell you that I can experience the presence of the Holy Spirit coming upon me as well. I can experience the anointing and the presence of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. you know, and Jesus, in, in, in Ephesians, he, he says, what is the purpose for the prophet, the, the, the apostle, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor? Well, the purpose is so that we all come into the unity of faith. Well, who's that unifier? That unifier is the Holy Spirit. Yes. He is the one that unifies. That's why I can, that's why when, when I, you know, I can use the example of Larry today, I believe, and, and uh, Lynn. Oh, you know, I can remember the first day he walked into Sandridge. We were over there in that little old shop over there where we used to man at David Morrison's place over there. I can remember that just as well as today. And I, I was in there with my little hat on, but preacher Larry came in there with a great big, uh, you know, uh, wool hat. Not wool, what do you call that? Uh, not, not, not a straw hat, but the felt hat. He come in there with that felt hat, and you could tell there was something different about Larry. There's something different. And so him and I got together, we got talking, and I'm telling you, it wasn't within five minutes. We, we were talking biblical things and Christ things and talking about the Bible, and we didn't have any issues, right? And we remain friends today. There is a difference. The Holy Spirit is the unifier. He is the third person of the Trinity, and I can recognize him through just by looking at other people. Yes. Isn't that right? I, you and I, we can recognize someone that is a believer most of the time, right? We can look at someone and say, I think, uh, man, there's something different about that person. 
Isn't that right? That's the Holy Spirit in us. And we want to, let's go ahead and read our other scriptures here. He is uh, with us forever. Now, in, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul makes this statement. He is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. In other words, uh, the Holy Spirit in us is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come, and that means that I am guaranteed uh, a life eternal with Christ. Amen. I am guaranteed life eternal with Jesus Christ. And that guarantee that is now present is the Holy Spirit. That's right. And that's a deposit. It is a guarantee of things to come. It is a guarantee. So I don't have to worry when I'm going to end up in heaven. I don't have to worry about that. That's a settled deal. Done. Done deal. Because he said it is a deposit. I don't have it in there, but it's in the, it's in the Bible. Deposit. Guaranteeing what is to come. And so my emphasis right now at this particular point is if you and I um, aren't aware of and we diminish the third person of the Trinity, the person of the Holy Spirit, and we don't press into him and we don't have a relationship with him, that is Jesus living in us, then we could be thwarted. We could do everything out of the natural. We could reason everything out and not have even include the Holy Spirit in any decision that we make. And if we do that, we're going to see that it's works of the flesh. God's not in it. Right? And so, let's look at that. How do I know that? Because Jesus said it. He said, uh, He is with us forever. And I will ask the Father and I will give you another helper to be with you forever. That means from now until eternity. So, He wants us to really get familiar with Him during these times. He is revealed as a divine person. I want you to look at this in John chapter 14 through through the rest there, John uh, through 16, how many times Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a he or a him? Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a he or a him. Amen. Amen? The Holy Spirit is not a it. The Holy Spirit is not spooky. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and he is a person, and he lives in me. And for the believer, he lives in the believer. Amen. He does that. He lives there with every believer. If you have confessed Christ as your Savior, you've come to him and said, I'm a sinful person. Please forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me right with you. Come and be my Lord. The Holy Spirit has taken up residency right there. The Holy Spirit lives right there. And he is so close that you and I will miss it if we try to reason everything out. All right, I want to make this emphasis right here. Uh, Jesus speaking, John 14, verse 17. Jesus talking here. He is revealed as a divine person. Let's look at it and see. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance that I, all the things that i have said 
John 16, 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning righteousness and judgment. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own uh, authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And what he de will declare to you, things that are to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine declared to you. See how many times Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a he. <laughs> Praise God. He is a divine person. He is not some spooky thing out there, you know, that we can't be, relate to. Right? He is a divine person. Jesus said that he is a divine person. Now, we read there in the teacher of the law, John chapter 3. This teacher of the law came to Jesus and he said, you know, we can see all these miracles that you're doing. We can see that you're probably the son of God. And Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, uh, listen, just like the wind blows and does these things, the Holy Spirit is just like that. And we can see the evidence of the Holy Spirit in the believer. How many of you know the 120 were seen by a multitude? Right? On, in Acts 2-4, they were all sitting there. The baptism of the Holy Spirit came on them. The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. No longer do I need a priest to get go into the Holy of Holies of me. I have access to God the Father uh, by the blood of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the agency that runs back and forth for me and you. Isn't that right? He is the third person of the Trinity, and He wants to be part of our everyday life. Amen. He wants to saturate us in His Word. He wants to reveal Himself through His Word. He wants to guide us and to lead us and direct us and be the... He, he is the agency of heaven in our life. Lord. He's the agency of heaven. And see, if we don't have that doctrine downright, we, that can be diminished in our life. We can, we can have thoughts of unworthiness. We can have a sense of guilt and inferiority. Right? That would cause us to not have that relationship. That would cause us, well, I'm just not quite worthy. I mean, anybody ever had that thought before? Anybody ever thought, well, you know, I just, I, you know, I did this back then and, you know, and, and I just don't, I'm just not really worthy of the things of the Lord. I just, you know, I mean, why would God speak to me? You know, I'm just a little lonely person down here on the earth and I just don't know why God would say anything at all to me. I'm just not worthy of that at all. Anybody ever think that? Yeah. See? Yeah. How many of you know uh, uh, that Jesus' blood is pure? Yes. Jesus' blood is holy. Yes. Jesus' blood is righteous. Mm -hmm. You and I, in and of ourselves, are unworthy. You and, I, you and I, in and of ourselves, don't have the right. You and I, you and I in and of ourselves, we are guilty. Yes. You, and I, you and I, in and of ourselves, we come in our own rights. Amen. We are unworthy. You and I, when we come uh, to God, we're not coming in our own rights. I don't come to God in my own rights. James Yoder doesn't have the right. But I'm going to tell you something. There was something that was deposited in James and in every believer. And that is the sanctification of the blood of Christ. 
And so now I could come in to God. I could come right up to the throne of grace. I could come right up to God by the agency of the Holy Spirit and by the things that He provided. Yes, sir. See? So I'm not coming in my own rights. I'm coming in Christ's rights. I'm coming in the faith in the blood of Jesus. I'm coming in faith of what He did. And I'm telling you something. When I come in His rights, I come what He said. I come by what He provided. Then the Holy Spirit says, I can honor that. I will speak to that. I will have that. And then I'll have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I'll have communion with the third person, the Trinity. Amen. So anytime that thought comes, well, you just unworthy. You just remember what you did back then. Remember what you did over there? Remember that? Who's that speaking to you? Yeah. Who is that speaking to you? Does the Holy Spirit, is he the accuser of the brethren? No. The Holy Spirit is not the accuser of the brethren. So who is the accuser of the brethren? No. Satan. That's right. And so when I get that little whisper, you're just unworthy. You can't pray like that. You can't believe like that. You can't do those things for the Lord. What do I do with that? Renew my mind to the fact that the Holy Spirit is taking up residence in me. And uh, guess what, Mr. Devil? (laughs) Um, You know, I'm redeemed, praise God, (laughs) through the blood of Jesus. And there is no hope for you. You messed it up so bad that there is no hope for you. None. So get out of my life. Get out of here. I'm not paying attention to you. I'm not coming to God on my own rights. I'm coming into God and His presence and participating in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit by the blood of Christ. Amen. Yes, Amen. And just get on about Christ's business and just pray all that negative stuff out and get in tune with the third person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. See, and I tell you something that'll that'll see. Mm, I can remember when I first got born again. For six months, I had a herd of cows, thirty-five cows over there, one hundred and sixty acres, over there taking care of those cows. And um, I'd like to go check them on them in, in the morning. You know, I wouldn't feed them in the morning because I learned that if you feed cows that are going to calve in the evening, they'll calve in the morning. Anybody, where's my ranchers at? Right? <laughs> Is that true or not? You feed your cows in the evening, they're going to probably more likely calve in the morning. So during calving season, and this was about the time I got born again, I went over there and I'd spend every morning 30 minutes over there. I'd get me a bale of hay, square bale. How many of you remember square bales? That's not too, that's a while back. It's kind of an ancient thing. We used to have a little wire tire by everybody. And we used to have a wire tire square bale. Yeah, yeah. My dad, he was he was one of the old timers. He would get us in boys. And of course, we had nine of us boys, so you got to have something to do, right? Uh, seven. <laughs> right. So, I mean, seven boys, yeah. So we would bail square bales, boy. I'm telling you, we had square bales. We fed square bales. We weren't going to waste any hay feeding round bales, so we fed square bales. Anyhow, we had this barn full of hay. And every morning, I'd go take a glance at my cow, and then I'd spend 30 minutes right down there. Leaning, kneeling down on a bale of hay, 
by myself and the, got to know the Holy Spirit right there in a hay barn. Just a little while after I got born again, and all of a sudden, God started showing me things. God started revealing things, and I began to operate out of a different realm. I began to operate out, out of the supernatural realm, the Holy Spirit revealing things to me. Thank you, Lord. I, I mean, uh, the, the, the background that I was raised in, <laughs> God's going to speak to you. Duh, nah, uh You're unworthy. You got to wear a certain kind of clothes, wear your hair a certain way, and not drive any car. You know, you got to do all this. Got to do all that, and then God might. He might. He might, you know, not clobber you over the head or something. That's why I grew up in it. So it took me a while to get rid of the unworthiness, to get rid of the inferiority, to get rid of the guilt, and come in and realize God loves me. God wants me. God wants me have a relationship with him. I can speak to him every single day, every moment. I can have an ongoing conversation with my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the agency of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And so can any believer. Right? Amen. I trust that they, that relationship is real well with you all. He is sent from the Father. This is another doctrine we have to remind. God, the Holy Spirit, is sent from the Father. He is sent from the Father. John 15, 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. That's good news. <laughs> That's good news. Amen. Amen. So when I see all the chaos... When I see all of the disorder, when I see all of, of the things taking place in the earth, I can know for sure that it's not the Holy Spirit. Yes. I can know for sure that it's not ordained by God. <laughs> because God said, I want to come to further my kingdom. I want to come to further the things that I have put in place. I want people in government. I want people in schools. I want people in, in, in local government. I want people in every area of, of life. And I want to assist them and guide them and use the Holy Spirit to lead them. How many, you know, we got uh, from Christy, Christy back here again from, from the nursing field. I can just about guarantee you, Rudy back there, farmer, all everybody. I can just about guarantee you the Holy Spirit urges and oozes and, and pushes, you know, and he reveals and he says, I go this way or do this or do that, right? See, that's the person of the Holy Spirit living in the believer. That's the person of the Holy Spirit. He's in there uh, revealing things that we can do every single day. I can just testify to my job. It happens almost every single day. I'm just in tune with the Holy Spirit, and I've got all these tickets over here. I said, okay, which one do I go to first? Which one am I going to have a divine point? Which one can I be most effective for in my company? How can I glorify God at my work? I mean, that's a prayer of mine. Which way do I go here, Lord? My daily thing, which way? And I listen on the inside, and I look and look, and I plan my route that way. And it goes beyond saying. Many times, Larry knows. He did locates with me for a while there before <laughs> Melvin came over. A lot of times, I'll pull up on my job and pull up to a ticket that I'm working on. And uh, this is involves a third party. There's someone there that has turned in that ticket that needs us to come out and locate our lines. 
And there's someone there that I'll have to interact with to let them know where I'm lying or what it is. And nine times out of ten, the Holy Spirit leads me right to that job. Guess who's pulling up? The third party. The person that's going to do the work, nine times out of ten, pulls up on my job. And I guess what I do? I roll the window down, show them my lines, mark my lines, tell them the procedure that they got to go through to, to work around that. Guess what that does? That makes me look real good. That makes me look like I'm a, like, man, you planned this. No, I didn't plan it. God, the Holy Spirit, helped me plan it. <laughs> and I'm cooperating with Him. And guess what He does? He's moving this person over there, causing, wooing that person. And guess what? We meet. <laughs> we meet at the same at the right place, at the right time, saying the right thing to the right people. That's one of my prayers. Every day, five, ten times a day, Lord, you're taking me to the right place, the right time, saying the right thing to the right people, putting me in the place I need to be. i got divine appointments because you're divine. You live in me. That's right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And God does that. He wants to do that for us. He does that for us. He's the third person of the Trinity. And so I don't want to do anything by the flesh at all. I don't want to do anything out of reasoning. I don't want to do that. Yes, I have reasoning. Yes, I do that. But this particular thing that we're talking about supersedes that. Yes, we need education. Yes, we need training. Yes, we need all that. But if that's all we got, guess what? We're just a dry well. <laughs> right? But if we got the Holy Spirit, we're saturated in the Holy Spirit. We're saturated in His presence, saturated in His things. I'm going to tell you, it's nice. It's good. Let's look here. He is received. So how do we do that? How do we interact with Him? We cultivate this relationship with Him. How do we do that? The first thing we do is, is, is here is, is, is Galatians 3.2. He's received by faith. So Paul talking to the Galatian church. He's saying these things. He says, uh, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? <laughs> right? right? See, back in Moses' day, when Moses, that first Pentecost, that first day of Pentecost, when Moses came across the Red Sea, he crossed that Red Sea. And 40 days later, there was chaos. There was a cloud by day and, kind of, and there was chaos. They needed some organization. They needed some help. And Moses goes up to the mountain, gets the law. Ten commandments are in that law, but there's about 620-some altogether. Comes back down out of that mountain, and his people are already doing what? Moses' people. They done built an idol over there. A golden calf. Let's worship this thing. <laughs> what is Moses? He gets mad. He takes them ten commandments and goes, wham, breaks that down. You're worshiping an idol. Look, I've been up on this mountain. God and I have been having this communication. And this cloud is up here and this Pentecost taking place. And this law, here it is. And you're doing this. So the second time he goes up, brings it down and sticks and they live like that up until Jesus' time. Because many times uh, we refer to the prophets and the law. Prophets and the law. Prophets and the law. Prophets and the law. Well, guess what the Holy Spirit did when he came took up residency in us? The law is now written on our heart. Yes. Right? It is now written in our heart. And so Galatians 
3.2 says, Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law? No, I didn't. I received it by hearing with faith. Verse 3, Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Second point there in that particular verse. So how many of you know works of the flesh don't perfect anything? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, we can, uh, you know, we can put up a facade. We can put on a front and we can act like everything's okay, but that works of the flesh, right? That's not going to sanctify anything. That's not going to change a heart. It's not going to change a, a life, right? But the Holy Spirit will. When the Holy Spirit takes up residency in you and I, He changes us from the inside out. He changes us from the inside out. So I don't have to do all this to get God's approval. I've already got God's approval by the Holy Spirit who lives in us. I've already got His approval. All i got to do is just tap in and yield to Him yes. and bear fruit that He wants to bear, right? right. Verse 5, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law? Or by hearing with faith? See, it is a faith walk, which we'll talk about after Father's Day. We're off Pentecost, we're on to faith after that, okay? It's a faith walk. I receive him by faith. Now, the other thing I want to point out here, what is faith? If, you, if I was to ask you, what's the definition of faith? How do you describe it? Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It is the substance of things believed for. Something like that. Paraphrase. James' paraphrase, right? So, we can look at it this way. The Holy Spirit, then, is the agency... And he takes what is in the spirit realm and he brings it into the visible realm. Amen. He is the agency that does that. The Holy Spirit takes what is invisible, what you and I have hoped for, what we have faith for, and he brings it into the natural realm. That's the third person of the Trinity. That's what he does. Right? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you work miracles among you do so by the works of the law? We don't do it by the works of the law anymore, right? We do it by faith in Christ Jesus. And faith comes by hearing. When we hear the Word, when we do the Word, when we yield to the Word, when we uh, continually uh, have fellowship and get the Holy Spirit's approval, God's approval, then he says, okay, I can run with this. And then that will have eternal consequences. That will help build the church. That will help build uh, the God's kingdom. Why? Because we're not doing it out of selfishness. We're doing it out of the Holy Spirit realm. Right? Then that helps build the kingdom. That helps uh, uh, lift people spiritually. We have good fellowship with one another that way. We recognize gifts and callings and people. And we can sense those by the Holy Spirit. Oh yes. See that? We have that by the gifts of the Holy Spirit because he put gifts into the church and we recognize, we work with those, we flow with them. And we can recognize that is the assistance of the Holy Spirit, right? I want You can write this down. The law neither justifies the sinner nor sanctifies the believer. Right? So, how do I discern that? I can discern it this way. 
If I'm making decisions based on what will they think? If I make a decision based on, uh, I just want to get man's approval. That's not sanctification, right? Sanctification is I love God so much and I love God's people so much. I want to be a blessing to everyone I come in contact with. Then when it comes out of that, and you and I have that mindset, guess what? The kingdom of God for selfishness is out of the way and the Holy Spirit's living in us. See? The law neither justifies the sinner nor sanctifies the believer. The Holy Spirit is the sanctifier of the mind. He is the cleanser of all. He is the cleanser and the appropriator and the agent of God in heaven. Through the indwelling Spirit, the righteousness of the law is fulfilled in the believer. Through the indwelling Spirit, I fulfill the law no matter why. I don't want to steal from somebody. Right? When I'm full of the Holy Spirit and I live by the Holy Spirit, I don't want to steal with somebody. I don't want to lie to somebody. I don't want to kill somebody. <laughs> right? Come on. Right? That's what it's talking about. That's what that Galatians is talking about. I'm not, I don't receive it by keeping the law. I receive the blessing of the Lord through faith. Yes. I receive the blessing of the Lord by getting God's approval. See, there's doctrine that says, well, you just never know what God thinks, or you just never know what God's up to. Well, where? I do know what he's up to. Now, I know what he's up to in my sphere of influence. I'm not God. <laughs> right? That, that does not make me a God, or are you a God. But that makes me hooked up to him. See, that's why the person of the Holy Spirit can take James Yoder, put him in a place, and, and cause him to have heavenly influence and spiritual influence in a certain area. He can do it here. He can also do it in West Texas, in Amarillo. Right? right. Now, I don't know what the church is doing in Amarillo because I'm not God. If God shows me something there and, and wants to teach me, he can. I'm open to it. But I don't... That's God's working over there. But here... See, he will teach me. He will show you and I. And he'll guide us, lead us, and direct us. Main emphasis today is this. The third person of the Trinity has taken up residency in the believer. The third person of the Trinity has taken up residency in you and I. And he's also around us. And he wants us to be saturated and baptized in his presence. All the time, every single day. Amen? And he does that by us spending time with him, by us uh, yielding to him, by us obeying him, by us doing what he asks us to do. Guess what? Because he said, to him who is given little, little is required. But him who is given much, much is required. I said it backwards, but it's kind of there, right? (laughs) So the more we yield, the more we obey, the more we work with him. Guess what? The bigger the assignment gets. I want more of the Lord. Anybody else? Yes, Praise God. Hey, listen, I got to shut her down. If you guys want to really believe it, stand up and uh, let's close out here this morning. Does anybody want to volunteer to pray us out this morning? If not, okay. Yeah, Paula will after we sing our last song here. And um, 